Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Listeners, I wanted to let you know that I'm teaching a free budgeting class at Bolden Badass Fitness in Southeast Portland on August 5th from 3 to 5 p.m. We'll cover putting together a budget on variable income and figuring out where your values and your money align. Uh, to sign up for this free class, you can go to ohmydollar.com slash Badass. There's limited spots, so sign up now. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. Here's your hosts, Lillian Kerbick. And that was Will Romy. <laughs> uh, let's talk about money. X-ray. A uh, listener wrote in with a question. They said, I'm self-employed, and for my health care, purchased on the government exchange, I estimated my income for this year. What happens if I'm over or under my estimate by a substantial margin? Um, I won't get into the specifics of the exact numbers, but generally speaking, there's two different ways that you can get financial assistance for purchasing your health insurance on the exchange. So if you're within um, four times of the poverty line, which kind of rule of thumb for a single person in Oregon is around uh, $32,000 a year, then you can get a you can get a government kind of help to pay your health insurance. So, for example, my health insurance is $231 a month mm -hmm. and I have what is a silver level plan. That is the cost to me without any help from the government. And that essentially fulfills my obligation to have health insurance and um it means that I don't get any sort of monthly premium. If your income is slightly lower than mine, then you might qualify for monthly. And what the monthly kind of help does is it reduces the amount that you pay each month. So it could be $72. It could be probably up to $150 if you're paying $231 a month. It really depends on your income. This is only true, however, if your income is above the point at which you qualify for Medicaid. If you qualify for the Oregon Health Plan, which means that I believe you make below 150% of poverty level, which um, is like around $18,000 for a single person in Oregon, you know, these numbers kind of change year to year. So yeah. check check the specifics. If you qualify for Oregon Health Plan, you do not qualify to get these this monthly assistance. Right, because you're sort of getting your equivalent government assistance through the subsidizing of the Oregon Health Plan? Yeah, you have to take the Oregon Health Plan if you qualify for it. You can't get that tax credit if you are fall below the income threshold where you qualify for Oregon Health Plan. You can't choose to get a private plan and then get it subsidized. You have to get the um, public option, Medicaid. Generally, let's talk about what would happen if you your income fell above the the point at which you would qualify for Medicaid. So you make enough money that you don't qualify for the Oregon Health yeah, Plan. Things went better than you were expecting. They went better than you were expecting. You got a raise. Maybe you originally estimated your income low enough that you were getting a monthly amount on your premium. So you were getting like $70 off a month. 
If your income ended up being higher this year, you will owe back that assistance amount that you got each month at tax time. So you may end up owing, like, say that your 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 year went really well and you made mm-hmm. a lot more money and you thought you were going to make like 30K and so you were getting like $72 a month to help with your premium, um, but you ended up making 60K, and which was like awesome. You had a really good year. What you need to prepare for is whatever amount you were getting in monthly assistance, you'll have to pay back at tax time. You won't have to pay the full amount. Like, you know, you're paying for health insurance every month. You're just paying slightly less. You only need to pay that difference. Mm-hmm. If you only did slightly better, you might not have to pay that full amount of assistance. You might only have to pay five or ten dollars because you'd still 12. be receiving some assistance. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, and assuming it went the opposite way, you did slightly worse than you thought you would be doing. Would you receive money back on what you paid for your insurance? You could end up getting a lump sum at tax time if you were receiving less monthly assistance than you qualified for. So for example, you know, I estimated my income higher this year than maybe I will make. So I'm not getting any monthly assistance, but I could get that money back at tax time. So um, let's say, you know, I'm paying 231 a month, but I actually, my income was low enough that I should have qualified for $50 a month um, of assistance at tax time, but I didn't receive that. I would get it as a lump sum on my taxes. So um, that would end up being like $600 for the year. Some people, however, this is what's complicated. There's two different ways that you can choose to receive this assistance if you qualify for it. You can either do it monthly, which most people choose. About 87% of people that qualify for assistance end up choosing to get it as that monthly because, you know, it makes sense in your budget, right? Pay less each month. Um, But if you... For example, if you're someone like me that really doesn't know how much money they're going to make in a year, you actually could have chosen at the time that you purchased your insurance Mm -hmm. to only get it as a lump sum. So there's some people, if you don't see a deduction for the tax for the health care assistance on your um, health insurance bill each month, then what you have chosen to do is either you don't qualify for monthly assistance or you actually chose to get it back at tax time. And in which case, if you underestimated your under or overestimated your income, it's all going to come out in the wash at tax time. And you don't need to worry um, because if you weren't receiving any monthly assistance, you're not going to owe anything at tax time. And if you overestimated your income and you end up qualifying for more, you'll actually just get some money back. Are there any tips for estimating income? I find that multiplying my monthly income by a dozen generally doesn't capture the, uh, (laughs) the unknowns in my year. Um, I mean, I I personally like to sit down and make a spreadsheet of just ki- kind of trying to figure out of my different sources of income what I can expect. Because one of the things that I really find is that, you know, I so I sell books um, and books are something where it might look like I have a ton of income, but there's a really high cost of goods sold. Right. Mm-hmm. So you o- only are going to owe on the amount of income that you bring in after business expenses if you're a contractor, which is very likely that if you're buying um, income on the exchange, at least some of your income is probably 1099 income. Mm-hmm. I hope that if you have a full-time W-2 job, they're paying for your health insurance. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's ideal. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, you need to account for the fact that you might have some business expenses. We've talked about how great they are to deduct in the future. Um, so it is important to kind of account for that um, hmm. because I might make $5,000 selling books, but 4000 of that goes towards printing the books. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, you know, my income doesn't look another as... five hundred on coffee to come up with the words. Uh. Yeah, um, and and you know, if you really just don't know, you know, you're like, 
that you're waiting on a big contract that could change your income by 10 or 20 K this year. I mean, there's like huge amounts that can shift if you own your own business. Um, uh, I generally recommend if you've got a little bit of savings, take that tax credit next year. Even if you think you might qualify for it, don't worry about it on the monthly premium because you don't want to end up owing more at tax time because one, you made more money and two, because you need to pay back those monthly premiums. Right. It definitely just seems more convenient to be overpaying taxes than underpaying them. Yeah. And like, you know, there's a lot of philosophical reasons why people don't necessarily agree with that because you're essentially giving the government float on your money um and you know they're they're gaining the money and you aren't Mm -hmm. and you could be earning interest on that um but we're in the in the world of interest rates we're talking about a really small amount of money but we could be talking about what could be very painful amount of money to you at tax time and so i think it's i think it's worth underestimating your income um, if you don't know what you estimated your income for, um, you can go on to healthcare.gov and play around with the numbers. There is a calculate your estimated um, monthly premium assistance uh, like calculator. You don't even have to be logged in. And you can kind of type in different amounts and see what the assistance is. This should be on your statement from healthcare.gov. So if you are receiving monthly assistance, you are likely paying through healthcare.gov and you are not paying through the directly to the insurance company. If you are not receiving monthly assistance, you're probably paying directly to the insurance company. Your healthcare.gov statement should say how much assistance you're getting. You should have also gotten a letter, but healthcare.gov sends so much freaking mail. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't know which ones are useful and which ones aren't. They're nearly as bad as Comcast, though I think they give me a more valuable product. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, healthcare.gov is like, you know, for all of the crap we gave that website in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually um, pretty freaking helpful. So but you got to nail that rollout. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you have any questions about, you know, we're always happy to answer healthcare questions. Obviously, this stuff is changing rapidly, um, but the good news is that generally, whenever anything changes in healthcare, it takes about a year and a half to roll out at the minimum just because healthcare is complicated. So even though you're hearing a lot of kind of really stressful stuff in the news about how mm-hmm. healthcare might change, um, it's very likely that most of that won't change until 2019. Huh. So Yeah, that's enough time to to be reactive. Make a new plan. Get a job at Megacorp or whatever. <laughs> Our listener Lindsay wrote in with a question about healthcare. Today was my last day at my job. Hooray! I've been asking for COBRA coverage information since the day I resigned, four weeks ago. I finally received it just a few minutes ago. Even though my last paycheck will come in a week, my organization has decided to terminate my insurance today and refund what I've already paid for this month's coverage. Also, apparently the organization hasn't set up an account with COBRA yet, and that will take 10 to 14 days to do so. So even if I make a COBRA payment, I would still not have any coverage until the middle of the month. I was told if I needed medical care during that time, I would have to pay out of pocket and then be reimbursed. My health care with my new position won't start until two months from now, and I'd like to stay covered until then. What should I do? And what is a COBRA? (laughs) Well, um, COBRA technically refers to the Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1986, amended the Public Health Service Act. Um, Anyway, it's generally referred to as COBRA. When people talk about COBRA, what they're talking about is this, um, this essentially act of Congress that says, if you are losing your health insurance because you are leaving your job, you are entitled to extend that health insurance. Um... 
And the thing to know about Cobra, first and foremost, is that it's kind of a relic of the old system. So it stills around. They're still required to give it to you when you depart from a job with health insurance. They're, st- they're required to offer it to you. Um, but it's not nearly as helpful now that the exchange exists. So Cobra was a kind of one of those really essential things before there was the uh, an ability to purchase individual coverage and back when you might not be able to get health insurance if you had a pre-existing condition. Okay. Um, so there used to be a thing called continuing coverage where you had to um, have a statement of continuing coverage of health insurance in order to qualify for coverage for pre-existing conditions. So you couldn't have any gap in health insurance. I see. So COBRA would help you if you left a job with insurance, have that continuing coverage. Exactly. Until you were covered at your new job. Um, And, you know, uh, maybe our younger listeners don't necessarily remember this, but it used to be quite common to have a waiting period of 90 days to a year to get health insurance at a new job. So even if you had a new job lined up, it could be really challenging um, to get coverage in that kind of intermediary period. Um, But the most important thing for you to know around cobra is that it's retroactive for 60 days so you can go get it get on it anytime and get coverage back to your date of termination within 60 days so um the really awesome thing about it being retroactive is that you can grab it back if you have a major medical event so essentially if you have access to cobra coverage it does not count as loss of coverage as long as you pay back your premiums um, if you have a, a medical event that you want that coverage for. So you have 60 days from losing your coverage um, in order to pick up that COBRA coverage. So a lot of people kind of play the game with COBRA coverage, which essentially says that you, um, you know, you've got 60 days if nothing bad happens to you, uh-huh. um, then, you know, you wouldn't necessarily need to pick up that coverage. Um, but if you say kind of want to play the game and not play for your pay for your Cobra coverage for um, two months and then you get in a giant crash, well, Cobra is very expensive, but it's a lot less expensive than 10 or 20K of health bills. Right, than paying for that out um, of pocket. And, but you will have to go back and pay those past two months of premiums. Here's the really important thing to know, though. Now that the ACA is around and healthcare.gov is around, you should know that the ACA exchange will almost guaranteed be cheaper than Cobra. And once you accept COBRA, you don't qualify for an exchange plan. So Because you've already got an insurance plan? Because you already have an insurance plan. But even if you do qualify for COBRA, if you haven't accepted it yet, you can go get an exchange plan. COBRA, it will list on your COBRA paperwork that they're required to give you upon exit to your job, as you, uh, as you found out. Um, it will list how much it's going to pay, but usually it's 150 to 200% of the total amount that your health insurance costs. So COBRA can cost $800 to $2,000 a month. It can be incredibly expensive. You wow. are almost, even as expensive as healthcare.gov plans cost, you're almost guaranteed to find a cheaper one on the exchange. Um some people really do want to pay that extra premium because they're just used to their health insurance. They want to keep their doctors. They don't necessarily want to have to change. Mm-hmm. And because of that cool kind of retroactive thing. So if you have a job lined up and you know that you're going to have health insurance and you don't have any regular major medical things, you might not be able to, you might not have to pay that premium for two months while you wait for your new health insurance to kick in. But you could go back and pay for it if something major happened to you. So you can kind of play a little bit of a risk game with Crowbar because it's I required see. to 
to cover you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your cover, basically you want to be covered with it, but you don't want anything to go wrong. Exactly. So you have 60 days from separating from your job to pick up ACA exchange coverage, but it is not retroactive. This is important to know. So if you are planning to get ACA coverage, Mm -hmm. you have 60 days to pick it up, but you can't wait until there's a major medical event because it isn't retroactive like the COBRA coverage is. But I want to let you know that COBRA is, while it's great that it's still around, it's sort of a relic of before we had the ACA exchanges. It's a bad acronym. Nothing like there's talking about insurance is never not scary. (laughs) And uh, using. Referring you, to a cobra. cobra. <laughs> um, well, it is that expensive, so it should scare you like a giant cobra. Like a cobra, okay. Uh, yeah. So I guess that wraps our show for today. Um, hopefully we've answered some of your health insurance questions. I know this stuff is complicated, so, you know, just breathe. Breathe and healthcare.gov. Uh, <laughs> our producer is Will Bromey, and our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. And I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Crashing through the sky comes a fearful cry. Cobra. Cobra. Armies of the night, evil taking flight. Cobra. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.